I'm Allie Patterson, and this is Dig. Dig is a podcast going in search of the wisdom, the wonder, the truth that is buried inside the Bible. God's word is layer after layer of good stuff, and you need more of that in your life. This is a podcast for people who want more of God and who are willing to put more muscle into meeting God in the middle of his word in your own life. So bring your shovel, join me, and let's dig. Well, here we are, ready to dig into Esther chapter one. I'm excited to get started in this 10-day challenge to read Esther together. And don't forget what we're doing in this book. Although there's all kinds of things we could do with the book of Esther, what we are going to do is dig through this book and find where is God at work in a book that actually only we see him in a very veiled way. I think a lot of us feel like that about God in our own life. And I love that theme for the book of Esther for us, for you and for me, because we can't see God and we need to know what are his ways and what kind of power does a real God have in our life when we can't see him. And sometimes we're not exactly sure how he's at work. So that's what we're looking through the book of Esther 4, and we're going to dive right into chapter 1, or should I say dig into chapter 1 together. And chapter 1 actually reminded me in sort of a crazy way about something that happened with one of my friends and one of her daughters recently when she caught her daughter after smoking pot. She came into the house high, and um, there was a situation. We're not going to get into that right this second. We have to get into the book of Esther right at the beginning. There's a king, and his name is Xerxes, or Ahasuerus. It's a real king, a Persian king, that we have all kinds of records of his reign. So we're in a real time period with a real king. Right in chapter one, we encounter the idea of sovereignty. This idea is kind of the linchpin, the foundation for us in our belief, our ability to see and accept an invisible God that is actually at work in our life. We have a God who is sovereign. And all over the book of Esther is this idea of sovereignty. And all, all sovereignty really is, is the purview, the kingdom, the realm in which someone rules. A God that has the power and the ability to take what is bad and what is good and use it to accomplish his purposes. We have got to hear that in our own life, right? Am I right? Because bad things go down all the time. Like, all the time. And also good things go down all the time. I actually had something really good happen this last week. And I thought, boy, it's so tempting to only believe that God is at work in the good things. But that's not the idea of sovereignty. The idea of sovereignty is that God is at work, not just in the good, but also in the bad. So what happens in chapter one? There's, um, there's this king, Xerxes, Ahasuerus, this Persian king, and we kind of enter his life in the middle of a big party. And he gets super drunk and makes an obnoxious request of his queen named Vashti. So I've heard a lot of people be really down on Vashti for what goes down here, almost like laying blame on her. And all I can tell you is after reading a lot of the scholars and um, translations of this, uh, of this event, I will tell you, I think Vashti was actually trying to do what was honorable. I don't think this was like a big middle finger to the king. I think she was actually trying to act in protection of his reputation as well because his request was totally out of line. 
not only were the women in a separate location because that was the cultural norm of the day, women, especially um, queens, and especially women with wealth and power, they didn't just parade around in front of other men. And that's exactly what the king asked her to do. He, he made a drunk and inappropriate request, and she refused him. And, um, you know, I've heard a lot of people that talk about submission and lay this whole thing on Vashti. And honestly, I think that's total BS. I think here you have a woman who's behaved with dignity, tries to save her own reputation and the king's, and it all goes bad. You can read exactly what happened, but the God who is at work behind this chain of events, this this crazy party, this obnoxious king, this rejection by the queen, all of this is kind of a mess. And behind this mess, there's a sovereign God who is setting the stage to accomplish a plan for his people. Romans 8.28 actually says this exact thing in the New Testament about our lives, if you're a follower of Christ, it makes you a promise. Romans 8.28 says that all things work together for the good of those who love God and who are called according to his purposes. What does that mean to be called according to his purposes? For me, it just kind of means I am a follower of Christ. I'm in his realm of control. I'm in his kingdom. I'm under his sovereignty. And that means he uses not just the good, but all the bad stuff in our life too, in order to accomplish his will. So um, when I was talking to my friend, she was telling me, um, she was really distressed. You, you might have gotten a call like this from one of your friends, just really distressed about something in, in her daughter's life. And she kind of recounted the story about her daughter coming in high and um, what happened when they realized she was smoking pot and the concerns that they now had about her life and her friends and just kind of the, the veil was torn off, if you will. Like, um, she's, she's a great kid. She's not a bad kid. This was just a part of her life they didn't know about, that they were disturbed over, um, and that they were unaware of some things that were taking place. So not a great moment, right? Like, as a parent, not a great moment. I've had to confront my own kids' weaknesses and um, issues and you just kind of put your head in your hands right then and go like, why didn't I see this? Or how didn't I know? Or, but, um, what ended up happening with my friend was really pretty amazing. The things that happened as a result of this coming to light, as a result of this bad night where it all kind of went down, is it really set the stage for some truth that needed to come to the surface, some, um, things that had happened in the past that they didn't even know about in the life of their daughter. And it really set up the stage for so much better of a future, not just for their daughter, but for their family. Like the relationships that were taking place are better off because of that bad thing that went down that night. And believe me, they prayed for it. We prayed for it. And we prayed to a God who uses all of those things. And I just think sometimes we really struggle with this idea of God's sovereignty over top of not just good, but also bad and evil and sin that goes down. None of that, you all, is outside of the reign and the power of our God. Now, God is not thwarted by the sin of this drunk king in Esther 1. As a matter of fact, He uses it to set the stage for exactly what he wants to happen 
for his people. And it is so hard to wrap our head around the fact that when bad crap goes down in our life, he's doing the same thing. He is literally doing the same thing. I'm going to tell you very bluntly right now, if you're a follower of Christ and there's bad things that are happening in your life right now, if there's a mess, a sin, yours or somebody else's, there's some way that you feel like your life is spinning out or is just not where you want it to be or it's deep in some sort of sin or consequence of sin, you are still in the realm of a sovereign king. And if you are a follower of Christ, Romans 8, 28 promises you, doesn't just suggest it, it promises that God will work that together for your good and his purposes. His purposes will go down in your life. And I love to say this because everybody always does like a eyes wide open, like what? I love to say, I already know what God is doing in your life. And usually when I say that, they're like, who do you think you are? And all I mean is that God has big objectives and he has the same objectives for your life as he does for mine. And those are one, to remake us in the image of Christ. When we become a follower and we get the Holy Spirit, he begins to remake us into his image and he'll use anything, not just good things, anything to do that. And... He wants to equip you, enable you, empower you, and send you out on mission in his kingdom for his purposes. Well, so in the story of Esther, we are going to watch a purpose of God take place. And chapter one is a sovereign God who uses bad and good that goes down in this chapter to set the stage for his work. So that brings us to the end of our first episode and your Dig Deeper Challenge. In every um, every chapter of this book, I'm going to give you a challenge to dig beyond the surface of what we're reading and even what we're talking about to um, go even a level below that. So here's your challenge for the week. Get your shovel. Get ready. What I want you to do is I want you to go and read an introduction to this book, and I want you to put it on the timeline of God's story. God is is working a story and you need to know where the, the book of Esther falls in that story. So where are the people of Israel? Where are God's people during this time in history? And that is going to give you a big clue to what plans and purposes this God might be working for them. So that's your Dig Deeper Challenge for the week. Um, I'd encourage you to share this podcast with anybody who needs to hear this word. And we will be back with episode two. So Don't forget your shovel. Dig in.